superhero movies. Nowadays, they're about as cliche as you can get. They've kind of worn out their welcome. But there was a time when they were a few and far between and not really that good. I mean, you had a few heavy hitters. Of course, my favorite, the original Superman the movie. Uh, still the standard that you go by. Then you've got your Tim Burton Batman, which is also an iconic. But everything else from the 80s through current times was pretty dodgy. Uh, you had people making superhero movies that probably shouldn't. Namely, Roger Corman and his version of the Fantastic Four. By the way, if you've never seen that, dig it up, watch it. It is terribly awesome. <laughs> uh, then you've got the uh, the version of Captain America that came out that is a pretty hard watch nowadays. Uh but let's talk about this one, Dr. Mordred. Uh, Charles Band production, right? I'm not the biggest Charles Band fan. Uh, I do like a certain period of his movies. Um, I'm definitely not into Evil Bong and all that stuff that happened later on. But you know what? If you go back and you dig into the, uh, the 80s and early 90s, there's a lot of fun to be had. This one's uh, right in there with that category. From 1992, Dr. Mordred, which is basically Dr. Strange. Uh, it says that Charles Band just kind of come up with this character, but, man, it is loosely... I say loosely. It is really based on Dr. Strange in a lot of ways. Um, even down to him having the medallion. <laughs> so... But, hey, you know what? Big deal. It, it's kind of a rip-off. But, again, uh, it was hard to pull off superhero movies back at this time. So you got Jeffrey Combs in this playing Dr. Mordred. Everybody knows my love for Jeffrey Combs, right? Uh, Reanimator, The Frighteners, From Beyond. Uh, I love pretty much anything this guy's in. And uh, he's our Dr. Mordred in this. Uh, it's weird to see him playing the hero. He's not a not a bumbling, spastic character like he is and everything else. So this is a nice change to see. Now, his, his nemesis, his brother, is Brian Thompson. If you don't know who Brian Thompson is, the best way to describe him, or the best thing you probably know him from, is he's the evil guy from Cobra, the Stallone flick, right? Um... I think he's great in Cobra. I don't think there's anything else that he's in that I think he's that good in. Uh, to me, he's the weak point in this movie. Uh, it's, it's hard to watch a guy overact when they're not that good of an actor to begin with. I could be wrong. That's just my take on it. I'm just not really a fan. So if, there, if there's anything that's weak in this movie, I would say the bad guy's a little weak. But again, for this time frame and the type of movie we're making he works out okay he's, he's got the look right and uh, so the story is is these two sorcerers that were their brothers they were raised together one decided he wanted to fight for good the other decides he wants to just 
take over the earth and rule everything himself. And that's kind of his plan. And this is ages and ages old. You know, this is a timeless story. These guys are, they've been around forever. Um, and you get hints of this as the movie goes along where uh, Jeffrey Combs is talking to a young lady that becomes kind of the love interest of the story. And she talks about, they say that a hundred years ago that New York was a nice place to live. And he said it was. So you get these hints of him being this character that's timeless. He's got this huge living quarters, which is everything you would expect. I mean, it's very reminiscent of Doctor Strange, again. Um, Very cool, lots of books, lots of knowledge, lots of artifacts. And as the story is developing, you're, you're watching him discover that certain things are happening across the planet. These, these uh, rare uh, elements of the earth are, are starting to pop up missing. Uh, so these elements are used to bring back an evil force to the earth. And he knows that his brother is behind it. So you're watching this all unfold and him trying to figure out uh, how this is all happening, right? So he's got maps and artifacts and scales and he's measuring everything. He's got a wall of TVs where he's watching news from around the world. You know, very, very 90s superhero stuff, right? Taking a, a page out of the old bat cave here. And it all works fine, right? Um... You know, I watched this movie when it came out back in the day, and I remember not being really that impressed. Again, being a Jeffrey Combs fan, and it just seemed like the movie. this movie just kind of plotted along. I'm used to, uh, again, when you hear the word full moon productions, you're thinking, you know, subspecies, all these other gems that they've created, gems with quotation marks. And this one was so different because... It's not a horror movie. It is straight up a fantasy flick. And I just remember being kind of disappointed. But I tell you, on Revisit here, I actually enjoyed this a lot. Um, from a nostalgic point of view, right? When you compare it to superhero films of now, yeah, this thing is pretty lame. Not a lot of action. But there's a lot of story going on. So that I have to kind of give it a hand because... It's, uh, it's, it's, it's moving at a pretty decent speed with what's all happening here. Um, it, it, uh, it has some misleading qualities to it, such as um, they found out that this lady had been murdered, and they see the crest of this emblem imprinted on her forehead when they found the body, and... The, the love interest, I guess if you want to call her that, of the movie, she works uh, at the police station. And she's not an officer, but she just kind of works there, does some, you know, individual investigation kind of stuff. Artifacts, things like that. And uh, she sees the emblem, and she's already created this very short relationship with Dr. Mordred already. And she's like, hey, I know somebody that might know something about this. So she decides to ask him about it, and she actually leads the the officers, the lead investigator, to go talk to Dr. Mordred. Well, they end up just arresting him. 
because they're thinking, well, he's got the crest. We saw the emblem. He did, he's the one that did it. If he didn't do it, he knows who did it, right? That kind of thing. Pretty typical 90s cop thing. And uh, so you kind of got that storyline going on as well. And they've got him isolated and held in captivity. And they've got him handcuffed and stuff. And of course, he can just wave his hands and get out of handcuffs. It's no problem. And uh, he convinces the, his, the, the lady to help him break free. He tells her that if she goes and gets the amulet, that she can, if she taps it and closes her eyes, then everybody else around her will freeze in time. You know, very, very Doctor Strange, right? So she decides to help him get out, gets him out of there, and everything just kind of moves forward from that point of trying to stop his brother. Wins ends up in a big show, a showdown in a museum because the main artifact that he needs to bring his minions to Earth, which are all been captured by Dr. Mordred, by the way, he captured his brother and all these hellion creatures and placed him in this isolated jail, uh, which is kind of cool because it's in another dimension and it's just almost like a floating island kind of thing. It's a floating castle, and they're locked up in it. And... Uh, the whole point is his brother, Cabal, is trying to release these demons and take over the Earth. And all this is happening in a big showdown in a museum where we get to see a, a, a big face-off between a giant skeletal T-Rex and a skeletal uh, woolly mammoth. So kind of like Big Trouble in Little China when, you know, uh, Egg and Lopan are fighting and they're using the lights and they kind of create the video game aspect. This is kind of the same thing except they're using dinosaur skeletons in a museum, right? So it almost becomes not at the museum here for a little bit. Um, but the main thing is, is it's obviously, you know, it's obvious that Cabal is stronger of the two, but uh, with a little trickery and he does release these creatures and they're busting into the, the, the beginning of, you know, coming back to Earth and taking over. Uh, these things look like ghoulies, man. I kind of wanted to bring that up because, again, another Charles Band production here. They, they're, they're very ghoulie-looking creatures. And uh, while they're coming through this portal, Dr. Mordred makes the woolly mammoth stop fighting the T-Rex and come over and stab Cabal through his midsection with one of the tusks. And that kind of stops everything, right? So, needless to say, Dr. Mordred wins the day um, and has the love interest, but this celestial that he talks to decides, hey, you've let these mortals know way too much, so you can no longer stay on the Earth. It's time for you to leave and, you know, go to your next area, wherever that's going to be. Obviously, trying to leave this open for more movies, never really happened uh, there's a lot of fun to be had in this movie um, like I said it does not move like a modern day uh, superhero flick but it, it's got enough going on to keep you interested and Jeffrey Combs is awesome as always there's some pretty decent rotoscope effects in this uh, stop motion dinosaur skeleton so who doesn't like that right and I have to admit there's, there's a couple that's in this movie that are helping bring Cabal to Earth. 
kind of like Warlock, if you remember that movie Warlock. Kind of the same premise here of them ushering him back to Earth. <laughs> and you got this young lady who offers herself to Cabal as a sacrifice, which is the body that they find at the, you know, the, the police are trying to get Dr. Mordred over. And then her boyfriend, and this guy is pure entertainment. Uh, Cabal gives him the power of being invincible. Nothing can hurt him. He can get shot with bullets and stuff. It doesn't hurt him, but it only lasts for like 24 hours. And he's fun. He's a fun dude. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I think it's it's he's one of those things that just kind of makes this thing worth watching. Uh, he becomes just a super freak. Not scared of anything. Uh blows up a, a cop car and lets cops shoot at him. He, he, he don't care, you know. So uh, that's a pretty fun aspect, I think, that happens in this. Uh, this movie is on Tubi, which is kind of where I'm just pulling here lately. I just, I don't know. It's just kind of working for me. Just, uh, hey, it goes right out of one into the other. Uh, decided to revisit this one, and I'm glad I did. So uh, if you're a fan of this one, hey, reach out and let me know because... It took me a while to come back to this one and give it another shot, and I, I'm honestly surprised and glad that I did. Um, again, putting the 90s nostalgic glasses on, there's there's a lot of fun here. So uh, with that being said, give it a chance. Go back and check it out again. I think you might be surprised by how decent, decent of a little movie this is, and uh, you can have some fun with it. So, All right, folks, that's it for this episode. We will check you later.